0: Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. This is Chris, and uh, well, interesting topic today. Uh, One that uh, I shared with a client this morning early uh, up on Ben Buckler, and that is the topic of the sheet of cellophane. Cellophane, like a piece of plastic, the stuff you wrap your veggies in, glad wrap. Um, Just imagine this uh, sort of sheet of cellophane. Um, you can't quite see through it but you can see a shadow on the other side of it's like vaseline rubbed on a glass window Um, and when you look at this cellophane you you actually can't see a person but you see sort of a reflection of what you want to see in a person so if if you were uh, authentic and you were standing behind that cellophane you would want to try and pull the cellophane down and say, hey, this is me, this is really me. Hello, this is me, this is me. I'm here, pull the cellophane down. Is that really what people want? Or is that really selfish? So when your partner looks at you, do they want to see you without the cellophane or do they want to see you with the cellophane up? If your mission is to keep that person interested in you, attracted to you, aware of you, present with you, you're going to put a cellophane sheet up. Now, questions go, and on that cellophane sheet is what they want to see, what they want to hear, what they want you to be. If you pull the same sheet of cellophane down, like a a blind or a curtain, or pull it up in front of you, if you pull the same one up in front of you at work, how's that gonna go for you? Well, it's not gonna go well, because your boss wants to see a different you. So what we talk about is in the the version of, it's called cardboard cutouts. And people have a cardboard cutout of who they think you are, who they want you to be, who they need you to be. And that's the cellophane that you pull up. And in all seven areas of life, you have a sheet of cellophane. The desperation we have behind that cellophane, because it's lonely, because we are by ourselves behind that sheet of cellophane, we want to have someone in there with us. So we start taking the sheets of cellophane down so that we can be closer to people. Now, that doesn't necessarily uh, end up well because the sheet of cellophane is what they want. They want to see you in the light that they want to see you. They want to remain attracted to you. They want to see you in, uh, in, the, in the reflection of what they imagine you could be, not as you really are behind the cellophane. And this, is, this leads us to this awful dilemma of how do I be in the world. Um, And if you be in the world selfishly, you will pull down the cellophane and say, here's me in my raw, in my dirty undies, and here's me in my raw self with skid marks on my underpants and smelly socks, and here's me in my true self. Or we will say, how do I fulfill this person's values in order to get my side of the cellophane feeling good? So this cellophane sheet, this sheet that we put up, is different in all seven areas of life. So we have, in a sense, seven cellophane sheets. Um, if you're around people who want you to be the spiritual self, if you want to present your spiritual self to the world, you'll pull up a cellophane sheet and say, what does the world want to call spiritual? That, uh, this all is confusing because behind the cellophane sheet, the shadow that the person sees must really be you and there's a quote that says people feel you long before they see you people feel you long before they hear you people feel you long before they uh, uh, touch you and that you that's behind the cellophane sheet is a certain takes a certain commitment certain discipline to own that without having validation outside the cellophane most of us uh, at some point in time have pulled the cellophane sheets down and gone da! this is me, I'm worthy of love. And we've only done it so we get approval or we get acceptance or validation or we make it safer, or we make it not so lonely to be behind the cellophane sheet. I think one of the most important things about coaching and one of the things that I really aspire to in coaching is to make it safe for a person to let me in behind the cellophane sheet. There's no use coming to coaching to build out the cellophane sheets of your life if you don't let the coach in behind the sheet. And I think that deserves uh, a, a lot of trust. It, earn, it needs a lot of trust and it deserves a lot of trust. The second part about it is you've got to like the person behind the cellophane sheet. And this person behind the cellophane sheet is presenting a false self to the world, a, a half image. As um, Shakespeare said, um, all the world is a theater and we're actors on a stage. And basically, he's probably as close to being aware of the human condition as anybody I've ever read. And what he's basically saying is if you go and drop your cellophane sheet and be raw in front of your boss at work, raw in front of your partner, and or if you present the same cellophane sheet to both, you're going to end up in trouble. And that's why one of, the, one of the metaphors we have in business is be friendly with people at work, but don't become friends. Because when you become friends, quite often you bring a different cellophane sheet to the world than you do at work. Now at work, confidence is very important. Uh, um, engagement or let's say pleasantness is very important and becoming more important. <coughs> so the cellophane sheet is evolving, continually changing. And so it's not just one sheet from birth to death. It's an ever evolving metamorphosis of the you you present to people. There are three aspects of you behind the sheet. There's the body, the mind, and the spirit. And then these are three aspects of ourselves that we have to get to know. We have to get to know ourselves. Now we have three voices. We, some people say we have an inner voice and an outer voice. I, I often uh, make it a collective statement that we have an inner voice and outer voice, but we don't. We have an inner voice and we have outer voices, plural. If outer voices are emotions, those outer voices come from the physical body and physical body memory. So, a person who has post-traumatic stress, a person who has uh, emotional injuries from the past. Um, um, a divorce, a pain, something they've not loved, something they've not forgiven, something they've not come to to come to come love and accept and therefore let go, has a body memory. And that body memory speaks. And the body memory basically says, stay away from things that cause you pain, get towards things that cause you pleasure. Now, if we have a memory and it was painful, we say, stay away from the thing that caused the memory. And so this body memory, this body voice will see you'll say let's go and work hard." it'll go, uh, be careful because last time you did that you got a divorce it'll say let's go and really commit ourselves to this business and say well oh, be careful last time you did that uh, you didn't focus on the kids and the kids became delinquent or some or let's go and focus on this relationship you go oh, be careful last time you did that you got fat or you got stupid or you got hurt so let's not do that again And so the body, it's not the mental memory, it's the body's memory. One of the reasons we do asana practice in yoga or you do loose um, Pilates, or you do uh, just immerse yourself in water and float around a bit, is to allow those body memories to surface or to, to release. But the body memory won't release unless the mind lets it. So the mind holds a firm grip on the world because its motivation is different. The body's motivation is seek pleasure, avoid pain. The mind's motivation is to be right. And so it hates to be wrong and wrong can be a judgment. It can say, I was really wrong in making that decision to get married. I was really, therefore, I want to make the right decision in getting a next married, or I want to make the right decision and not get married. And so, or I want to make the right decision at work. Therefore, I don't make any. Um, The ego, the mind, or or the, uh, the, the, the mental aspect of memory is trying to be right all the time. Now, this puts us under a lot of stress. The strain of trying to be right all the time leads us to words like should do and got to. So if you hear a person who's stuck in their body memory, typically they'll say got to. If you hear a person who's stuck in their mental memory, in other words, in their ego, and trying to be right all the time, you'll hear the word you'll hear shouldn't 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 and there's nothing wrong with that because that's a form of voice it's an it's just an emotionally driven voice it's an outer voice it's the voices of the emotions of that person trying to seek polarity trying to seek to be right without wrong or good without bad or happy without sad or success without failure or up without down it's a fantasy and so that's the second voice, the inner voice, which is the third one, we usually talk about the inner and the outer. So the body memory is an outer voice, the mind memory and the mind voice is is, is an outer voice. The inner voice is the driver of the, uh, of the ship. Now, the inner voice doesn't have a voice. And that's really uh, an oxymoron, isn't it? The inner voice is no voice at all. The inner voice is I would say as close to get to knowing what your inner voice is is hot and cold, warm and warm and warm and cool. So your your inner voice knows when you're on track and your inner voice knows when you're off track, your inner voice will tell you when you're not on track by because you will start to feel tired, you'll start to feel unengaged and then you'll kick back into the body memory and or the mental memory and try and force yourself to go and do something. But here's the guarantee. If your inner voice is speaking and you're listening to your inner voice and you're following your inner voice, your values will be in line, your target will be clear, you'll be looking forward to achieving the thing you're doing and the inner voice will give you energy for it. Now, dealing with the three of them is not just a cakewalk. It's not just like going, oh, I've got a body memory, I won't listen to my body. If you don't listen to your body, you'll end up dead. If, you, if you've got a mental memory, you go, i got an ego. I want to listen to my ego. I won't try to be right. I'll just listen to the other ones. The three have to line up. It's not about forcing your body into situations, but what it is, is about knowing the direction of your life. You say, Am I, my life is here to uh, uh, create a service to the world. On the way to it, my mind will want to feel right so i have to be able to spin stuff so that i can serve not be stuck on my mind running over to the left and running over the right being subordinate to my mind as it tries to be right i can i can let it fluctuate but i need to own that and the other part of it is the body memory going i want pleasure without pain and you go well just before We jump on that bandwagon, just before I start following my body. Is there any such thing as a pleasure without a pain? And now if you're still not convinced that there is a pleasure, that there's not a pleasure without pain, which I have even people in workshops that I run, they go, how dare you say there's no pleasure without pain? I'm married and it's all pleasure. And I go, yeah, yeah, okay. Well, you're talking to the cellophane sheet. I'm talking to the cellophane sheet. The person wants to believe there's pleasure without pain. And you understand that we put cellophane sheets up. We put this emotional mask up in each area of life in order to sustain ourselves, to validate ourselves. But if you really want to go to truth and find out a person's real direction and what they're really doing and what their real values are, you can't be caught on the cellophane sheet. That's like looking at things half and that's not going to cut it. This is Chris. You have a beautiful day. Bye for now.